Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Sade Jenkins, and here's a bit about Sade. She is the owner of Mom Chat Podcast Show, a lover and advocate for all things that encourage positive change in life. She is determined to create change within the community of mothers. Why is that important? Because she is a mother and she wants to ensure that mothers have everything that they need so they can help their children, help themselves, and make the world a better place. And as Beyonce would say, who won the world? Girls. So without further ado, welcome Shade Jenkins. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. Their bio. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm super excited to be on here and, like you said, create a change in the motherhood field. I do feel like it's definitely needed. And a lot of the times we hurt in silence and I want to make a difference in that. So Sade, we all know that a bio is just a bio. So let us know some more interesting things about Sade and then we will dive into the segment further. Okay, so I, like you said, I love all things positivity and uplifting, and um, I created Mom Chat Show, honestly, out of the need for us moms to be able to have a safe place, to be able to share and talk and let our hair down, and honestly, be able to be raw and vulnerable, yes, raw and vulnerable, and not feel like we have to filter it, not feel like that we can't say what we need to say and how we need to say it. And also help moms that also need to hear that. Sometimes, you know, we don't get to help others because we're scared to say what's really going on with us and what happened really with us. And by us sharing our mistakes and sharing the things that we've learned, now we can help a new mama or even somebody that's a veteran mom. I've heard so much feedback on that. So it's all about all of us helping each other and making a difference and that's literally what Mom Chat Show is about. So I'm excited about the journey. And when you created the Mom Chat Show, what was the aha moment that said, you know what, I need to start this platform because there is a need for mothers? Was it maybe a TV show you watched, a movie, something that was just burning inside of you and you just could not extinguish the flames because you knew it was your passion and that passion was leading to your purpose? Like walk us through that journey. Honestly, it was me. And, you know, most people don't say that, but to be really honest, like I'm a product of my own product. Um, starting out, I went through so many things, you know, I didn't feel like I had the support system that I dreamed of, you know, honestly, as all moms, we have like this mental thing of like, how it's going to be and who, what we're going to do and who's going to help us. It's kind of like dream kind of, right? And I didn't really have that once I finally became a mom. So I had this idea, then I started out doing and being a mother and being a wife. And in the midst of that, I had a wake up call <laughs> really quickly. I was, you know, doing so much and trying to be for everybody, literally, and show up for everybody. And in the midst of that, I lost myself and I started to lose my voice and feel like I really couldn't say what was really bothering me because you feel guilty and you feel embarrassed. So I didn't really share what was going on while I was going through it. And when that started to happen, it carried on for a while till I hit a breaking point. And when that breaking point hit, that's when it hit and it hit hard. 
<laughs> and I, you know, it led me on this journey of, you know what, who am I? What do I need? What do I like? What is going to awaken me again? You know? So I started to go on like a whole process, honey. Like I did some of everything and by me doing some of everything though, it taught me that for one, I'm a new person. After I had those kids, I became a new person and I didn't get to know her. And now that I'm getting to know her, I like her. I like her a lot, actually. <laughs> and I want to see what else does she like? What else does she want to do? And it taught me that the problem wasn't that I didn't love my kids or that I was doing so much. The problem was that I wasn't taking time for myself and I wasn't getting to know me and loving on me more. So when I saw that I, that was my issue, it made me want to talk to other people. And when I talked to other people, I was hearing the same story, different person, different background. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute now. <laughs> We're all different. You know, we don't know any of each other's stories and like how we grew up, but we all are saying the same things. We're all struggling. We're all having these issues, but nobody's talking about it. Nobody's saying anything. So, so question I there. And I like that you said that you wanted to change it, but let's dive into a little bit of your personal background because that also factors in to who you are as a woman and as a mother, because sometimes the way that we were raised can also be from our background and what our parents showed us and what their parents showed them. So what was um, growing up like for you? And how did that affect you when you became a mother? Okay, so growing up for me was very different than my lifestyle. So I grew up in a single parent household and my mama was a go-getter. <laughs> you know, she literally was working heavily to make sure that, you know, I was taken care of and that I had everything and beyond and that I didn't feel like, you know, that I kind of stuck out between the other kids. She wanted to make sure that I felt equal to the other kids, even if we didn't have a lot. And I understood that early on, you know, um, I grew up also with my grandparents being all in the same house. So we were like a huge melting pot, <laughs> you know, and um, that dynamic for me was amazing. Honestly, most people probably struggle with that, but I never felt like I didn't have enough ever, you know, because I felt like, you know, my grandfather was my dad in my eyes and my grandmother she was just another additional mama in my eyes too so I had two moms in one house and it was lots of love and lots of learning lessons because you know our our elderly they like to teach and my grandma constantly added lessons within my life everything was a teachable lesson everything was a teachable moment same for my mother but I do feel like it was kind of hard at times, still kind of having it to be where it was just one parent doing everything. And the thing that I feel like I did see a lot was her constantly going and going and going. And that is something that I told her, like I could already tell was embedded in me. I'm a go-getter. <laughs> I am very busy body. And I, we're both givers. We both like to give and love on everyone and do a lot. And to the point, honestly, where we can miss giving enough to ourselves at times. And so I already could tell, like, when I became a mom, that was something that was naturally starting to come to surface, that I'm a giver. But at the same time, you need to know how to balance it. And at, in the beginning, I didn't know how to do that. 
I didn't understand it. I just felt like, no, if you love them, you give. <laughs> so you give and you're going to do more and you're going to do this. So that was a really big struggle for me. Mm, and thank you for sharing that because that does matter whenever you are. And it makes a difference how you grew up because sometimes people don't realize how your parents raised you or your parent or grandparents raised you can affect you whenever you get into your adulthood because you have some of those tendencies and you see what your parent did and you're like oh well that's what I saw my parent do that's what I should do when in actuality you are your own individual and you are becoming yourself and yes the way that your parents did things may have worked but it may not necessarily work for your lifestyle or the way that you want to raise your children or bring about your home so I'm glad that you realize um, that you had to establish healthy boundaries because when we are givers by nature because I'm a giver by nature the people who take, they're constantly going to take, take, take until there's nothing else for them to take once they have sucky dry. So I call them the leeches. Givers have to be mindful of the leeches and we have to know how to set up those healthy boundaries. And when you first decided that, hey, I want to be a mother, what age did you have your first child? And do you think that made a difference when you had your second and your third child? Because that matters because different ages, we go through different seasons of our life and different forms of maturity. Oh my goodness. You hit that right on the nail. So most people actually don't know, but I was actually a teenager mother. I was a teen mom. So going through that as well. And, you know, I'm still learning who I am. Like, I don't know me yet. You know, I'm a teen for goodness sakes, you know? Um, so when I had my son, I had him at the age of 19. And that was a huge change for me. Like, oh my gosh, like granted, I feel like I was kind of the type where I was always mothering, like the mothering type. So I, that was like instant, like, this is my baby, this is my world, <laughs> you know? Um, so that was never an issue for me. Like, oh, I have to give up all these different things. I think the biggest thing for me was understanding how do I show up as a mom? That was the hardest part, you know, because you hold like this big, this big, yeah, like weight on you of like, okay, I'm, I literally have a whole new person <laughs> laying here looking at me like, what are you going to do for me? How can you help me with this? You know? So knowing that was kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. Like it was really scary and it was a huge adjustment. That part was an adjustment for me. And I feel like mentally I was constantly trying to like figure it out. Like, okay, well, the book said you should try this or this show said this. So let me try this, you know? And it took me a while to really learn my voice because of me being so young. So I had a lot of outside input in the beginning, a whole lot. And I struggled with that. It took me a long time to figure out like, how do I want a mother? How do I want to show up for my kid versus what someone else tell me to do? Or what do they think I should do? And what am I doing wrong? I didn't give myself a chance to understand like, how do I want to do it? So that was big for me. And when you had um, your first child at 19, 
even though you said you're a teen, that's kind of like hashtag adulting, depending on who asks you, because 18 in America, well, I'm first generation in America, it's like, oh, you're 18, you go off to college, you get out the house, but then different cultures, they want you to stay in the house until you get married and your husband takes you out. So when you um, had your first child, were you married or were you seriously dating? Because that can affect um, you being a mother because yes, you have a lot of external feedbacks, but at the end of the day, it's you and your child and your child becomes your number one priority. But you also have to factor in yourself as an individual too, because yes, you are a mother, your role changed. You're no longer maybe that younger sister, that niece or whatnot. You have a whole person to take care of and you can't just make your baby somebody else's responsibility although some people do it but I said hey just because they do that does not mean that you need to do it if it does not work for you so walk us through that okay so starting out me and my husband now we were like seriously dating and I was always the type like honey I am a working individual independent woman I am not trying to get married yet I am trying to do this 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 so I was hard to to lock down I'm not gonna lie I made it very hard um but <laughs> starting out though yeah we were just seriously dating and I was just honestly focused on my baby and what can I do to strengthen him and nurture him the best of my ability because of me being so young and so I was with my mom for a long time and then eventually we got engaged and then I became a military wife and that changed everything obviously but starting out though yeah it was just me and him against the world and me trying to figure out how does this motherhood thing work so yeah mm-hmm that is amazing. So it sounds like maybe y'all are high school sweethearts or something, and then you're a military wife. Now, what age did you have your second child, and how did you learn from that pregnancy and experience? Because now, two, you have a little bit more more um, wisdom. You have skin in the game because you you manage it with the whole child. Now you have two, so you're like, oh yes, I got this. But sometimes that second child is not always the same as the first child. So mothers, like they like to say, oh, well, it worked for this child. It should work for this. When in actuality, no, because each baby is different. That is so accurate. <laughs> um, so I actually had them three years apart. So he had plenty of time to be alone and be spoiled. And he loved it way too much because um, <laughs> he was the only grandchild on both sides. So he was uber spoiled. And um, when I finally had my second son, it was like a whirlwind of difference because I wasn't, you know, on the go. Because when I got pregnant with my um, first son, I was in college. So I was just like, go, 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 go. Like I didn't sit down for anything. And with my second, it was like, oh, wow. So this is how it feels to actually sit still. This is how it feels to just do this and have someone to help you. And you're not doing all these different things. So it was very different. And I kind of enjoyed it probably a little bit too much, but it was nice. It was very nice. And I felt like this time around, I actually got to just really enjoy the pregnancy versus having to do so many different things and be pregnant. So a very different world for sure. Yeah. Amazing. And then you have three kids. So your third pregnancy, tell us about that. And then you'll see why I'm asking these questions because they're going to fit together. 
<laughs> my third pregnancy honestly caught me off guard. Uh, <laughs> I always tell her she is my surprise baby, but she was meant to be here because God knew I did not know she was here, first off. Um, I thought she was a flu. I love her to pieces, but I really did. I wasn't sick with any of my other pregnancies, so I didn't experience all the normal things that they tell you. Uh, so I had no idea I was pregnant with her. I just knew I had a really bad flu and it wasn't going away. And I was like, this is not cute. I'm not feeling this. Um, then I found out I was pregnant with her and that pregnancy was the most interesting one because with girls, you like oh, like you have a basketball in front of you, but everything else stays the same. So it was really confusing because I would turn, I'm like, oh, I don't look pregnant. And then one minute I'm like, no, you're a girl, you're pregnant. You're pregnant, you're full blown pregnant actually. So <laughs> uh, yeah, with her, it was very different. And I honestly enjoyed the pregnancy and I enjoyed having, you know, the idea of finally having a girl. Cause I thought, you know, you're not having one because boys run heavy in our families. So they were like, you're just going to have boys for the rest of your life. And I was like, I, I love my boys, but I want a girl. I want a mini me. And I finally got her and I was like, oh my, now she's like me though. I didn't, I said many me, but not complete many me. That's not what I was praying for, but you got to be careful what you ask for because <laughs> she's exactly like me and looks like her father. So that's how that pinned out. But yeah, I love her to death though. And what age did you have her? I had her when I was in my, I believe 26 or 27 years old. So the mentality was very different when I had her, you know, I was actually a little bit more laid back with her. I can definitely say that. And it was just, you know, kind of like a breath of fresh air, like, okay, I'm finally having my girl. Now I can dream about like, well, how is this going to be? How is this world going to be? Because it's going to be very different. I've raised nothing but boys and I'm a tomboy on top of that. <laughs> You know, so it took me really having to grow kind of a little bit of being a little bit more girly and adjusting like, okay, so is she going to be more girly like my mom or is she going to be like me? Like, I don't know what I'm getting. And she came out girly like my mother. <laughs> and so it's been very interesting journey, but it's been fun at the same time. Now I've learned a lot from her. Yeah. Yes, because you have one mini you and then your husband he's like a boy dad and he's like oh yes boys because every dad wants a son and now if you add on the extra layer to being a military spouse was your husband ever deployed while you were pregnant and was he away for a certain periods of the time where you were parenting by yourself yes you're married but you have to keep the home in order you have to keep the kids in order because he has to go home make the bacon so you, he could send the bacon home so you could cook the bacon and y'all could you know be sustained so tell us how that works because that is another complexity and the reason why I ask that is because nowadays there are mothers who work but they also have to take care of the children and they don't want to stay home by choice. They can because their husband makes a decent salary and everything, but they want to go out there so they can have their own money in a sense to do their nails, have their self-care time, whether they like to go for coffee runs, massages or whatever they need to do. Because that's another important piece that mothers need to do. They have to carve out self-care time because it's hard enough being a mother, being a wife, 
being a caregiver, being the project manager for the house, being the CEO for the house, then plus it comes time where you need to be intimate with your spouse and give your spouse that undivided attention. So you wear many hats and you're juggling. So let's just be real. Like let's, let's open Pandora's box and talk about how is it being a military spouse? Because that could also help women whose husbands are either working out of the country, whether they're in oil and gas, whether they're a pilot or whatever the case may be. Well, I would not lie to you and say it is easy because it's far from easy. That would be a lie. <laughs> um, I always say it's like we are married and single moms and married together, literally. Um, because when I had my first son, he was actually deployed that whole pregnancy. Yes, that's why I said I wore all the hats. So when I had the second, my second son, it was like, oh, okay, so this is how it feels to have two people because he was gone the whole time. He didn't come back until literally the time for me to have my son, like just in time. So it was very interesting trying to do all those things and get to doctor points on myself and do everything, you know? And to actually experience it like, oh, wow, someone's actually here with me. They're seeing the ultrasound. Okay, this is so nice, you know, and I'm not doing it alone or having friends coming in and out. So question, did you ever think about hiring a doula? Because I know um, some military spouses, they hire a doula or a midwife to help them in the absence of their husband. That way someone could be there, especially depending on what type of pregnancy you have. You may need someone to drive you to your doctor's appointment, or you may just want that emotional support to be there. So I didn't even know about doulas, girl, because of the fact that I was so young, <laughs> And no one in my family, like, I'm more holistic now, but in that time period, I knew nothing about, you know, like all the different options. And all I knew about was you can either have a natural birth or you can have a C-section. Which one you doing? <laughs> Which one you doing? <laughs> and everyone in my family had had C-section. So in my head, I'm like, okay, so does not, now I'm going to have a C-section. I mean, I don't want to get cut on but I know it comes with the territory. So I'm like, okay. And, you know, when I went through the stages of going through pregnancy with my first son, they never mentioned it. It was never brought up. And I was like, you know, now when I learned it with my, I believe my third child, I was like, wait a minute now. So nobody ever told me about doulas and all these different natural births and water births. Like I would have been totally open to it, but I didn't know. So I ended up having three C-sections and honey, that is not for the week. It is, <laughs> it is not <laughs> set up for people. Like it's not easy being cut on over and over. And um, with my first son, I got cut on and I had a C-section, but my husband, you know, that was like my boyfriend at the time, he had to go back to his duty station. So I went through that healing process by myself. And, you know, and then like with my other ones, like I went through similar things too, where he would leave and I would have to just hold the fort, you know, like, um, there was a minute there where my second son, he was about three and my, um, no, my first son, sorry. First son was three, second son was a baby and he had to go and he was gone for about two to three months straight. And, um, that was not easy because I was juggling having being in a new location, having two kids, one that's very new, and you're in a new place, you don't know much, you don't know anybody, 
and you're just trying to figure it out. So you're figuring out with two kids, you know? So yeah, the lifestyle is definitely, definitely can be kind of like tough at times, but it's worth it though. Wow, that's commendable that you did that because it is hard to go to a new place, even if you're by yourself where you're unfamiliar, you don't have any friends or you don't have anyone to lean on that support system. Whenever you actually then you add on the kids to it and they are your priority because you can't just pawn your kids off on other people than with your husband being gone. So it's like sister soldier over here is manning everything. Um, So as we begin to wind down, I want you to tell those who are either mothers or they're thinking about becoming a mother or anyone who maybe have that idea and they're like, ooh, should I do it? Should I not? Should I, you know, have my own baby? Should I adopt? Because there's so many people that, you know, have had kids, but, you know, they don't know how to treat that kid and I just want to love them or I don't want to put my body through that. You know what? I'll just get a surrogate. I got the dough so I could, I could spend, <laughs> I got money to blow or whatever. So walk, give us some top tips for those who are listening. My biggest thing that I'm like a huge advocate for, because, you know, motherhood has so many outside of opinions already. My biggest thing is what works for you. Like what is going to make you feel at your best? Like, is it, you know, adopting? Is it fostering? Like, what is it that you want? Because a lot of times we have so many people tell us that, no, don't do that because they're placing our their fears onto us, you know, versus giving us that option to be like, well, I know this. What would you like to do? This is what I know. Then you run with it and do what you want. So yeah, there's so many options and so many babies to love. So I would never tell anybody to just only have a baby because there's a lot of babies out there that don't have homes. So why not take that opportunity too? Because I know some people that have had their own kids and have also adopted and fostered additional babies because they just wanted to have a melting pot and share love, you know? So it's up to you and it's up to what makes you feel good. That is amazing advice. Do what works for you because other people like to project their insecurities and their preconceived judgments and notion onto you because maybe it didn't work for them, but just because it didn't work for them does not mean it's not going to work for you. So use your own wisdom, listen to your spirit, have discernment and follow your intuition and it will never lead you astray when it comes to you tapping into motherhood whether you naturally push those kids out whether you have them pulled out whether you have them birthed in a pool or whatever the case may may be do what's good for you boo and i want you to leave the listeners with one or two gems and then we're going to close this show out so the gems that I would give to honestly new moms, and honestly, I feel like even if you're a veteran mom and you're having your second or third, is to take care of you, to take care of you and to understand that those things that are in the house, those things that need to be done, they always will be there, but your health and your mental health and how you feel, those things need to be taken care of just as much as all those extra things and as as much as you take care of your baby. And I learned that the hard way. So if I can share that with you so that you don't have to bump your head constantly to learn it, then please take that. And another thing is be kind to yourself. Be kind. 
you're going to have moments where you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have moments where you're not going to know everything. Believe me, you're going to learn as you go. I always say that mommyhood is like a journey. It's a process. You're going to have those up moments and those down moments. Everything's not going to go smoothly and that's okay. It's a learning process. So some days you may know it and you may be like, okay, I got this. And then some days you're just going to be like, I just don't know. I don't know. And that's okay to ask people or to, you know, figure out things as you do it too, and or just allow yourself to make the mistake. And that can be hard at times to allow yourself to just, you know, flatline, but that's how you learn. That's how you learn. And that's how you grow as a mom. And I had to do a lot of those moments too, where I allowed myself to just do it. And by me doing that, I learned something new for my next child or for another moment so that I could do it better. So be kind and take care of yourself. Amazing. Give yourself grace and mercy and know that you do matter. And Shade, tell the listeners once again who you are, how they could connect with you on social media, and all of this information will be in the show notes as well. All right. So my name is Shade. I'm a self-care manager coach, and I also am the owner of Mom Chat Show. And you can find me on Mom Chat Show on IG or Coach Shade on IG as well. And I would love to help you in any way I can. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard the Mom Chat Show CEO and founder, Shade Jenkins. Make sure you plug in and get connected with her. Give yourself grace and mercy. If you're a mom, know that you are rocking it because moms, you are your own superhero. Even though you may not have an S on your chest or a back on your cape, you are doing the best that you can. So don't ever let somebody tell you that you're not doing a good job if they've never walked a day in your shoes. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have an amazing day. (laughs) 